Welcome to the Life and Legacy Show, where we discuss all things elder law, estate, and legacy planning. Hosted by certified elder law attorney, Tim Seckler, from the Seckler Law Firm. And now your host, attorney Tim Seckler. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great estate plans. My name is Tim Seckler. I am the owner of the Seckler Law Firm. I am a, uh, I'm an estate planner. I'm a certified elder law attorney. And so what we do on this radio show, if you're new to the radio show, we're here uh, putting out content pretty much every week on the things that I think you need to know in order to make a great estate plan, okay? And, and so um, the, uh, the topic of today's uh, show is avoid the interceptions, right? So it's, it's football season here in Pittsburgh, which, you know, uh, sometimes we do like the back-to-school episode, but, um, you know, let's forget that. Let's talk about football. Um, so it's football season, which everybody's uh, in this city in particular, things start to change, right? We start looking forward to Thursday nights and the weekends better. Uh, I happen to personally be a college football fan more than I follow the NFL. I follow the NFL, but uh, I'm a transplant to this great city. And so I am a West Virginia fan, which can be a fairly unpopular thing to say around Pittsburgh, particularly now that West Virginia and Pitt are playing uh, against each other again. Pitt and West, uh, Pitt, uh, West Virginia and Penn State are playing against each other this year. And so I'm super excited. I'm a West Virginia fan. I'm not all that optimistic about our season, though. Uh, and so I'll, I'll just try to enjoy the game without being tied to any huge outcomes, um, especially against Penn State. You know, Pitt, we'll see. But Penn State, I'm not, uh, I'm not putting any money on West Virginia this year. Um, so anyway, what we're going to do today, in the spirit of football season starting um, and all that excitement, we're going to talk about avoiding the interception. Meaning, uh, you know, when, when I talk to my clients about the things that they want to accomplish in their estate plan, you know, everybody has a, a different way of like expressing what their goals and desires are. They may they may talk about their concerns, like losing um, you know uh, money to long term care or to taxes. They may talk about like keeping the family dynamics intact. I don't want it to be a stressful uh, situation for my kids. I don't want to be a burden on my family. Is a thing that I hear a long a lot. And you know, so what I thought we would do is talk about this a little bit. Uh, and, and so, you know, most people, what they seem to really want, especially like my retired clients, um, what everybody seems to kind of want is is some notion of, of this. You know, I've worked really hard to save some stuff. You know, I did what they said. I, I penny saved is a penny earned. I, I saved money and, and uh, built some home equity. I have a retirement account, maybe some other investments, a life insurance contract, you know. So, so I've got this nest egg. And what I want to do is I want to enjoy my retirement, but when I pass away, if there's any leftovers, I want this stuff that I've worked hard to accumulate to get to my family. So I want my stuff to get to my family without any interference by things like um, nursing home care or taxes or probate or lawyers or or any other things that can get in the way. Why can't I just get my stuff to my kids? Uh, and so what I want to talk about, like using the analogy for football, is, okay, so what we're trying to do is we're trying to score, right? I mean, we're trying to get the ball to the receiver, the kids, so that they catch the ball, they score, and we have a, we have a um, um, you know, a, a good ending to the game, so to speak. Um, and so then what are the things that get in our way? Who are the people trying to intercept the pass? Who's trying to tackle the quarterback? Uh, and, and how can we avoid some of these issues? And so before I get into some of the technical stuff that we're going to tie this together with, what I want to do 
is is do a little disclaimer, right? So some of the things that I'm going to say today are legal and technical in nature. This is for your education. This is not for you to make legal decisions. You shouldn't make legal decisions based on what you hear on this or any other radio show. Um, this is for your education, your in- information. If you have legal problems, you need to hire a lawyer, and we're available anytime at 724-546-4227. I'll do it again, 724-546-4227, or go to estateplantim.com. My name's Tim Seckler. The name of the law firm is Seckler Law Firm. Seckler's hard to spell. Tim is not. So just go to estateplantim.com, and you can find our workshops where we sit down with folks for an hour and teach you these concepts, right? So you can ask questions. Uh, we're going to teach you the things like how to uh, avoid probate. We're going to teach you things like the difference between revocable trust and irrevocable trust and, and how you may be surprised to find out that middle-class folks should really be taking a look at irrevocable trusts um, as, as part of a comprehensive estate plan. You know, I, I personally don't think that um, you know, you should. It, it should all come down to which document you do. You know, at, at our law firm, what we do is we just get you any document you need to accomplish your objectives. But it seems to me a lot of people who who have some stuff and are concerned about it getting to the kids. Well, we uh, we probably should use the right tool that's going to make sure that it happens. Okay, so let's talk about a couple of things that get in the way. So here we are. We're dropping back. We're in our retirement. We want to pass it to the kids. We want to get the ball to our family. We want to get our, our nest egg to our family without any interceptions, right? Uh, you ask any football coach, and, and the key to winning the game is to win the turnover battle, right? So how do we how do we not turn the ball over? How do we not give this stuff to creditors and predators? And so a couple of things that could get in the way. One is um, it's awful handy in most situations to avoid probate, right? So, so probate, like, let's consider it like this. Probate is kind of like handing the ball to the referee and letting them decide who wins the game. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a, to some extent. So, so technically what probate is, is the administration of the estate through the courthouse, right? So if you use a will as your primary estate planning document, when you pass away, or if you don't have any, um, any, um, estate plan put together, you're going to go through this estate administration process through the courthouse. It's commonly referred to as probate that can take, in Pennsylvania, uh, it's not uncommon for this stuff to take 14 to 16 months to unwind and, and finally get the stuff to the kids. So why does it take so long? Uh, well, there's a number of reasons. Um, Pennsylvania has an inheritance tax, which we'll cover in a little bit more, but the inheritance tax return isn't due until month nine, which means we're still collecting bills and paying things. And, and so at least nine months out in most of the states, we haven't even, you know, we're, we're still doing tax returns. Then it takes the state of Pennsylvania about six months to look at the darn thing. And they will finally say, yeah, we accept it or we don't accept it. Um, but then now we're well over a year by the time they actually look at the thing. Um, the other reason a probate takes forever is because in Pennsylvania, you know how we, um, you know how you have to put notices in the paper. Like if you ever read a newspaper, there's death notices in the thing. Um, the reason that we have to put notices in the paper is to let any of your would-be creditors, people that think you owe them money, um, if Tim owed somebody money when I when I pass away, they say, hey, Tim owed me some money. Um, then they file a claim against the estate, right, a creditor's claim, and then they can get paid from the estate. Now, creditors in Pennsylvania have 12 months to file the creditor uh, claim 
after it's been put in the newspaper. Twelve months. You know, that's pretty long. Other states, you know, it, it could be as short as four months that creditors have to come out of the woodwork. And it just goes to show you, like, this system is antiquated, right? In, in the electric age, nobody's looking at newspapers anyway, not for death notices. It's not like your contractor that may uh, uh, assert that you owe them some money is sitting there watching the newspaper waiting for you to pass away. That, that's not how the world works anymore. But we still have this 12-month creditor right thing that we have to put stuff in a newspaper nobody's looking at. Um, and, and so now they got 12 months to come out of the woodwork. And so here's the way the process goes, though. You know, our law firm helps executors administer estates. Um, we're hired by the executor to, to do the job well and, and take care of creditor rights and, and pay taxes and, and eventually pay off all the debts and get the stuff to the kids. But if that's a 14-month process, you know, people don't understand this thing. And if the executor distributes money early and then a creditor comes out of the woodwork, the executor is personally liable for having made what's called an at-risk distribution. So now, so now the executor, who's just doing this on behalf of the family because dad asked him to, is going to get sued because they didn't properly look out for creditor rights? You know, and, and some of the hospitals around here don't even give us their bills until the eighth or ninth uh, month. And so how can we even how can we distribute if we don't know what the final medical bills are going to be? You know, and, and so we're, we have to advise our clients. Yeah, look, you got three siblings. I understand there's four of you guys total. We could take dad's money he had and divide uh, by four and we can do the math. But here's the thing. We don't know if there's creditor rights. We don't know if there's expenses. And if some creditor comes out of the woodwork at month 11 and we've already distributed the money to you and your siblings, you're going to personally be sued and good luck getting the money back from your siblings, right? Um, and so often we have to advise our clients, you, got, you better sit on some money here because you, you've got some personal exposure. Um, and, you know, so if that's the case, we're sitting on money. Like it's not, you know, we're not working on this thing 40 hours a week for 14 months. We just have to follow this, this process, right? Well, guess who starts calling the office at about month nine? Not my executor. Not the not the the child that's actually doing the work, the deceased person's child that's actually doing the work. It's the other kids. The other kids start calling the office. Hey, where's my money? Well, sir, you know, I um I'm not sure exactly what it's gonna be yet because creditors could still file a claim. We filed the inheritance tax return, but we're waiting on approval. We you know, it's possible they say we owe them more money or whatever. So we can't make the hey, I need my money. My brother is stealing. I know he's stealing. No, he's not, sir. We've got we've got access to the checking account statements, and and no, he's a son of a gun. And I've already hired a contractor to remodel the kitchen, and I need to write him the first check. Um, and sir, that's not my problem. Listen, we, we you know we have to follow the system. And now now there's animosity between the kids because the process just takes forever, and the and and the people who are entitled to an inheritance can't imagine it takes 14 or 15 months to distribute the inheritance and all of this headache and all of this stress when you talk about like not being a burden and keeping the family peace it's not that it's not it's often not that the kids are actually fighting it's just that this process takes forever and and there's then suspicion grows that there's something going on that that smells funny and and there isn't but it they think it is And, and anyway so all of this is is one of the things that could really intercept the pass, so to speak. One of the things that could really keep us from scoring the touchdown is if probate and the stress and the headache of probate gets in the way. The the related thing is what happens if 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 the creditors do come out of the woodwork, right? So it could be the case um, that there are that there are creditors that you're not aware of or that you will incur in the future, right? Um, not 
existing creditors, but who knows in the future? Medical expenses, uh, you know, car accident uh, creditors, whatever the case is. Well, you know, if we could avoid creditors, then that's another thing that could take our, our assets. And so how do you do that? Well, you can't do that with, with a will, and you can't do that with a revocable trust. But we can use irrevocable trust to protect assets from potential future creditors that may occur as life comes uh, at us. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why we like to use asset protection trusts. Um, in, in most of our estate plans, a, a lot of our all of our plans, you, get to, you, you do a will, you do powers of attorney. In a lot of our plans, we're also doing some trust work. In some of the assets, I really like to see in an irrevocable trust called an asset protection trust. Um, and this is for middle class folks. You don't have to be rich to use trust. These are pretty handy tools. You just, you know, you need to understand how they work a little bit, uh, which is why we hold our estate planning workshops. It's called the three, uh, three Secrets to Protect Your Legacy, and you learn all about this stuff, creditor rights and, and how do we protect assets and how do I make sure the stuff that I've worked really hard to, to get uh, to, to save, how do I make sure that my stuff gets to my family without other people getting in the way? Um, and, uh, and, you know, to me, that, that just makes a ton of sense. Now, irrevocable trusts, if properly drafted, are outside of the reach of creditor claims, which means two things. One, if somebody in the future says that I owe them money when I pass away, um, and maybe I dispute it, maybe, you know, well, creditors, if they can't get to the irrevocable trust, why not have some stuff in the irrevocable trust? Which means two things. One, the creditor can't get to it. But two, because creditors can't get to it, it's often um, possible for us to distribute the inheritance to your kids faster because we don't have to wait out the 12-week creditor rights period. The creditors can't get to it. We don't have to wait for creditors to file a claim. They can't get to it, right? So irrevocable trusts distribute the inheritance to the kids much, much faster than wills or revocable trusts distribute the money to the kids because we don't have to sit on a creditor rights issue. So that would be a great way to avoid a fumble, avoid an interception, um, win the turnover game, right? And then we get to this concept of the nursing home. You know, to me, the nursing home is a super big issue for a lot of folks. You know, I do this. I I started my law firm to solve this particular problem is I, I have people in my family and I've got clients and we meet people all the time going broke due to long term care costs. And it's not even the care providers problem. It's it's they're not the problem. They're providing care. Providing care is expensive, particularly in this market where you can't hire anybody. So the the wages are going up for care providers, and God bless the people who still work in nursing homes after COVID. And so it's hard to get people to work in these places, which means the wages go up, which means the cost of care goes up. And all of a sudden, we're in a situation where nursing homes cost fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a month in Pennsylvania. And one in three of us are, uh, are going to have Alzheimer's disease. Well, one in three of us are going to have dementia, according to the Alzheimer's Association, right? And so you look at this and you're like, man, fifteen grand a month, $180,000 a year, and I got a one in three chance of having dementia? Boy, maybe we ought to think about this a little bit. And and so, you know, what we like to do is we like to hold assets in the same trust I was just talking about a minute ago. I like asset protection trust because we can use this trust in a way that you can maintain control of your money but not have it subject to Medicaid's crazy rules if you end up getting sick later. So, oh, I can put my house in a trust. I still live in the house. Um, but if I get sick later, the state can't have it? Yeah, that's that's the whole point, Right. Um, and so by using an asset protection trust, we protect your assets from your biggest financial threat you're probably going to face, at least in your retirement years, is what happens if I go to a nursing home. Um, and so 
the um, the whole idea is we use this thing to to protect assets, um, and it just makes to me it just makes a ton of sense. Um, so that would be a great way to avoid an interception, and that's the big one, right? I mean, what happens if I get sick? And you know, and, and it's not just about protecting it from who gets it um, when I pass away. Like, how do I make sure my kids get it? You know, there's an awful lot of po- folks out there where married cases where one spouse goes in the nursing home. The other spouse is going to go broke, right? So forget about getting the stuff to the kids. Forget about completing the, the, the pass to the kids. Let's just say we want to accomplish a successful retirement, which looks an awful lot like, hey, if I get sick in our retirement years, my wife isn't broke, right? My wife still has a home to live in and some money in the bank. Um, because I'm, I'm here to tell you, uh, you know, the, the government health care system is not here for that. Um, they're not here to um, to look out for your spouse. Okay, they're here to get your money. That's the way that the rules work. If you go to the nursing home, it's private pay until you're broke. Well, I'm not interested in being broke. I'm particularly not interested in being broke if my wife is still alive for 20 years. I don't want to go broke when I'm 70 and my wife could live to 95. That doesn't make any sense to me. And so, yeah, if that means i got to put some stuff into a trust to protect it to make sure that my wife has a house to live in and some money in the bank, I'm using that trust all day long. I'm going to avoid the interception, right? Um, and unfortunately, there's so many lawyers out there telling people, hey, you're not rich. All you need is a simple will. Hey, you're not rich. All you need is a simple will. Well, that's, that's not true. That's not true. And it's misleading because it assumes that estate planning is only about who gets the stuff when you pass away. But that's not what estate planning is. I mean, that's a component of estate planning. But successful estate planning also makes sure that there is some stuff to get to the kids. It it also makes sure that my wife has a place to live. It also ensures that if I've got disabled people in my family, we're going to take care of them. It also makes sure that we're being smart about taxes. That's estate planning. Where am I going to get my care? How am I going to pay for it? And how do I not go broke? That's a way more interesting question to me than who gets the stuff when I pass away. Eight out of ten estate plans, equal shares to the kids. Got it. That's not the hard one. The hard one is how do we make sure there's something left? That takes a little bit more work. And that's the stuff that we teach families every week, pretty much every week, at our Three Secrets to Protect Your Legacy workshop. I just wholeheartedly believe most families are under planning, right? Oh, I got a will. Well, great. What happens if you go to the nursing? Well, we, I mean, our, our guy didn't talk to us about that. Well, let's talk about it um, because I want to make sure that, that, you know, your version of your successful retirement, what you worked for 50 or 60 years to accumulate, I don't want to lose it to some broken government rule book that nobody's thought about in 50 years. You know, Medicaid was set up in the 1960s. They, there's been minor adjustments over time, but this was a different time period. 1960s was a different time period. A lot of the people, they got sick. One spouse wasn't working, and, and so then the daughter could take care of people. People didn't move as far away. The daughter was down the street. The son was down the street. Family caregivers were much more able to do this. Now we got every everybody in Gen X, both spouses are working, um, and the kids can't take care of their parents the way the previous generations could. It's a different world. And so in a, in a world 50 years ago where, hey, you're not rich, all you need is a, is a simple will, I don't believe that's our world today. Our, our world is way more complicated, way more expensive. Long-term care in particular is way more expensive. We're living longer, right? We're living longer 
but that doesn't mean the mind continues to work all that well. And it's just it's just a different environment. And we need to re- we need to respond to the reality that times have changed, and the law hasn't, which means the law is net not meant to meet today's needs. It's based on the 1960s. It's not based on 1920 or in 2023. And so uh, let's plan for today's issues. And let's not use yesterday's tools to plan for today's issues. They don't work. So let's do some some better planning. That's my take. That's the, the my entire law firm is built on the idea that you have worked hard for some stuff. You should keep it. Simple concept, but most people are failing this test, and and so uh, that's what we're here to do for you. And one more thing, one more uh, potential interception that we need to be concerned about is what happens with the taxes. Like, am I going to get smoked with taxes? Well, turns out that there is no uh, federal estate tax for middle-class families. By definition, middle-class families don't have to worry about federal death taxes. And federal death taxes were the ones that hit the hardest, like high 30% range, maybe 40% range. Those ones hit, um, hit people really hard, right? Except that they really haven't mattered since George W. Bush was in office because since, since GW was in office, we've had at least a $5 million exemption from this tax. And that's $5 million per individual, $10 million for a, a family. And it's increased over time. So right now it's sitting at $13 million um, that you can pass away with before any federal estate tax. And if you happen to have $13 million, that's fantastic. Yeah, we need to do some planning. But by definition, middle-class folks don't have to worry about this anymore. Uh, now, Pennsylvania has a death tax. Pennsylvania's death tax is 4.5% if you leave stuff to your kids, right? So if you've got kids and that's where the money's going, it's a 4.5% tax. So what? Look, if, if Johnny's going to inherit $100,000, he can take $95,500. we are not going to rearrange your world to save your kid 4.5% of some unknown number at some unknown date in the future. I mean, let's get real. We're here to do practical planning. I hate the inheritance tax. Um, but it's kind of like a mosquito in the backyard, right? You know, I don't want the mosquito to land on me. I don't want the mosquito to bite me. But I'm also not going to run across the backyard like a crazy person trying to avoid it. And, and so, you know, the inheritance tax is kind of like the mosquito in the backyard. It's not, it may take a chunk, four and a half points, but you know what? Um, so be it. Now, if, if you don't have kids and um, you're leaving money to, to more distant people, you know, uh, your siblings are 12%, nieces and nephews, friends, neighbors, significant others to whom you're not married, that's a 15% tax. Now, at 15 points, maybe we want to take some action to, to avoid the thing and, and avoid this interception. Um, and so, you know, we get together and we, we chat with you about your options. But, uh, you know, if, it's, if it means I've got to give up control of my money to save my niece 15%, a lot of people aren't going to do that, right? So, um, and, and so... You know, the, the general idea is we need to do some planning. You need to do some planning. It's not just going to work itself out, right? Don't do that. it'll be okay and work itself out plan. You love your family more than that. Let's get a little bit of uh, a structure around this thing. Let's make sure that the money you worked for decades to accumulate isn't lost to some foolish mistake because you can avoid these mistakes. You can, it is possible to get your stuff to the kids, get it to them fast, avoid the headache, keep the family peace, not lose it all to the tax guys, not lose it all to the nursing home. It is possible to end this game well, but we got to have a game plan. Right? Because if all we do is play backyard football and, and, you know, a lot of people are going to throw interceptions. We have to have a better plan than that. And that's what we teach you 
at our Three Secrets to Protect Your Legacy workshop. So if you go to secularlawfirm.com, or I'll make it easy on you, go to estateplantim.com, and you'll go to the workshops tab. You schedule for the free workshop. Now let me tell you about the workshop. It's only about an hour, maybe a couple of minutes longer than an hour. And we're going to teach you the difference between revocable trust and irrevocable trust and our philosophy on why you ought to take a look at these things um, and why I think a lot of attorneys are, are wrong about this stuff. Um, and then we're going to offer if you'd like to move forward and work with us. But we're not going to ask you to get out your credit card. Um, you, uh, it, This is truly a no-cost event. It's great information. We get great reviews on this thing. I mean, usually five out of five for everybody in the room. They all tell us, hey, we learned a ton. Thanks for doing this. Um, and so, you know, my, my take on it and the reason we do the workshops and the reason I do this radio show is my thought has always been people don't know this stuff. And unfortunately, if you, you know, what I see in my office is families going broke. And it's like it just hurts because I know that there could have been some things done a few years ago that would have, that would have completely prevented this pain without much cost. But families just don't take the opportunity to do it because they don't understand it. And so, okay, we got to do a radio show, and okay, we got to do workshops around town to teach the people the stuff that they need to know. And then, yeah, they're probably going to decide to work with our law firm because we do a really nice job. But at least at least we've given them the education they decide not to work with our law firm they want to go with the person that's not going to plan for this stuff hey they made an informed decision you know but i'm happy to give you the education you got to register though we we're on wait list with a lot of these workshops because this message has been really well received lots of people are interested in what we have to say uh, so go to secularlawfirm.com or estateplantim.com um, and um, register for one of our upcoming workshops which we offer like all around the pittsburgh region uh, and uh, we're going to get you the information you need. But remember, don't make any decisions based on this radio show or any other radio show. This is for your education. This is not legal advice. I would love to be your lawyer, but I'm not yet. So don't make decisions on this. We need to analyze your situation and give you some good advice. Um, I hope to uh, see you at the upcoming uh, workshop. Uh, and just like one little thing i got to say before I, I get off uh, uh, the radio show this week is let's go Mountaineers. All right, everybody have a great week. Enjoy the football games. We'll talk soon. This has been the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by the Seckler Law Firm, where great families make great plans. SecklerLawFirm.com or call 724-841-1393.